Hello? Yes, hello, ma'am. All right, yes, good afternoon to you, sir. Welcome, sir, to Freedom 106.5. All right, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Are you here, too? Yes, I'm here, and you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you live on the air? We are live on the air right now as we speak, yes? Well, you have viewers as well? Uh, well, we will have viewers here. We are, we are, we are online, yeah? So, you know, you know the, the new thing. So, we have listeners, and we will have viewers. All right? Yeah, I'm going to be to all your yours and listeners yeah. all right thank you very much so so mr james Philbert, from 2007 to 2010 you were our commissioner of police yes 2008 yeah. to 2010 all right so well you know we we, we of course we talking crime in trinidad and tobago how do you feel now about the where, where the crime has reached in trinidad and tobago than from your your tenure when you were there and those are two years I think I think it has become more pronounced now. Um people are more um what you call well you were not in court on any bold face. We were not become very very bold face and challenging. Um I mean if you go back into history, um you talk about murders in particular. I recall a talent to that kitchen was found someone in the early 60s or 50s about murder and murder today. Um, so that we have always had this challenge of people killing one another. Uh, and, and, and I think now, because of the proliferation of firearms and um, other, other issues, it has become worse. You know, it's not... So, so you think the issuing of, of firearms, the issuing of legal firearms, has made crime worse in Trinidad and Tobago. Given no, people... I, didn't say, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I didn't say anything about legal or illegal firearms. Okay. Now, of course, you have, you have had offenses committed by both illegal and illegal firearms, but I didn't think because of the illegal firearms. I didn't say that at all. I say that we have always had crime, and the fact that there's the proliferation of firearms, most of the illegal firearms, is one of the reasons why we are where we are, because I think maybe about 90% of your murders are murders committed by, by firearms. But but in Trinidad and Tobago, we don't, of course, manufacture firearms here. So so where do we get these firearms from? Any firearms, ideas? Firearms have always been imported into Trinidad in various ways. I mean, I recall some years ago, in the Seagrass district, on Christmas morning, two police officers went to assist a man who ran off the road. And um, while trying to push this car in back on the road, the trunk opened, there were 12 firearms in the trunk. Um, the man was charged. He got bail. And a few weeks after, he was selling 11 firearms again. And so what, what is that? Was that of course, you have people trading firearms from down but over the years, we have also discovered firearms coming the country by different means. Now, it's, it's a simple thing. If you have um, a demand for something, then the question is the supply. And one thing you want to wonder, why are we having a demand for firearms and things that? And of course, the demand is, of course, by the safety for farms, the guns, <coughs> and then you have different reasons why people want the legal firearms. Um, and that's that's the challenge you're having. So um, that's why that's your full factor. So between your 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 tenure, so what 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 did what was your your mindset, your implementation? What 
What were some of the things that you implemented that you would have liked to seen being carried on in the TTPS? Well, I, I am not. I don't know what the TTPS doing. I'm sure they're not standing still and doing nothing. But one of the things that um, it was really important in, in this whole fight was an um, institution of intelligence to locate where these firearms are coming from. As one, you want to know where the market is. You want to know who receives them. You want to have an idea of where firearms are going, who using firearms. You want to know where the use of firearms. So the point that um, we had instituted something that said that anytime somebody spoke about a gun or said they saw a gun or you heard a song that sounded like a gun, for the purpose of um, agitation and investigation, it was a gun because of the amount of firearms that seem to be all over the place. And in doing that, um, you know, if, if somebody come and told you, look, I saw a man with a gun, don't ask him how he knows he's a gun. Don't ask him what kind of gun. You proceed to find out where this man is and see what he has because take it for granted that it might be very well a gun. So in, in, in approaching it in that rigid fashion, um, you, we were able to um, find a lot of firearms, um, you know, and, and that meant that meant a lot. There was one instance where we found about 51 iPod writers in a home, you know, in in this place last thing. Um, so that if you if you actively um, divert your resources in proper fashion, you should be able to approach this thing at various points um, and find where you're going. And of course, there are people who are boasting of their firepower. And that, is, that should be of interest to the police. Mm -hmm. But what, what, about, what about people reporting things to the police? There's a, there's a word out there. I mean, a lot of people don't trust the police. Sometimes they go to make a report, and before you walk out the police station, somebody calling you, hey, I hear you make a report on me, boy. How can we well, instill trust um, in the police? That I have, um, <clears throat> sorry. That has been around for years. And um, what if it is the police job to eradicate that kind of thing? Because I'm not saying it doesn't take me. I know that in my time I saw some of that. And you have to, to deal with it. But if, if you don't understand what this whole this reading, what it's about, you're going to lose your, you're going to lose your battle or find yourself behind. All those things you're talking about are things that you know with public trust. And you need the public to, know, to help you. So you need to work very, very hard to restore that. That means speaking with the officers who are, who are going on street and who intend to do that. And I, I can tell you, police officers who are working together know who police officer is doing what they're doing. It, it, it becomes knowledge to somebody or other people. And, and um, you need to treat, they need to treat for that within the interest of the police service itself. I definitely so. And what are, what are some of, what about in terms of the, the gang, the gang violence? I'm sure but the gang violence definitely has um you know grown. Right? I mean yeah. from your time in twenty ten. Why has gang has allowed to, to grow so much in Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> you say you say allowed to grow. Yeah, they're they allowed to grow. I mean, <laughs> if if I if I have a, a roach infestation in my home, I would like yeah. to, I would or rodent infestation, I would do whatever it is I have to do to put a stop to it and an end to it. 
I will not allow that. I wish you would give another word of But, um, listen, I, 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 listen, it's going to be the organization that has the mandate to speak with crime, whether it's my crime, whoever crime, like that, is the police service. Police service is not an increasable um, um, entity. And therefore, the police service ought to build their capabilities to treat with all of those things which are not really impossible to treat with. Um, they have become challenges for various reasons. They have become challenges. But if we resource the police service in the right way, intelligence should tell them that. We source them in the right way. Um, one main thing is that the, the police officer need to have some form of protection as well because it's like going into battle. And some of them, a lot of them will have concerns. And if you have concerns, it is going to interfere with your ability to act. So that those are introspections that should be done and uh, provide the best means to treat gangs. Because gangs, and we have seen that gangs have done it with Haiti. And we have seen other countries where they are treating successfully with gangs. We have dealt with gangs in Trinidad before. And we have put away, we have. We are we are going to be the only country that, that has the exhibition of a, a gang in three days, a gang of ten. In three days, we, we dealt with them. And you know, we we didn't have all this the equipment, it was just muscle determination and a lot of integrity that existed at the time to take us beyond the provincial and into the into the gallows. Um I um so the police service has this ability as an organization to rise. Um, we treat with all those issues, all those issues, all those issues where people are boasting gang territory and uh, seemingly fighting a war on their own and causing collateral damage to people and making us feel, you know, <clears throat> unsafe. I think the police service has the ability to do that. Yeah, definitely. They have the ability, but having the ability and actually, you know, doing is too um, totally, total, totally different thing. What about what about the use of, of technology? There's so much technology now, and there was some technology in in your times. Anything dealing with with, with technology well, that you had put in place? I suspect. I don't know. But I suspect that the police has some of the best technology in use now because um, you know to deal with the challenges we have. Uh, we, of course, in our time. Our access of technology was limited. We had just, at my time, we had just entered the aspect of the cell phone. Uh, whatever went on with the cell phone is what was available to us. So we have gone way beyond, beyond that. But but um, I think the police could, could um, I think, they, I, think I, I am sure, very, very sure, that the, that the resources of technology is quite, quite uh, sufficient. To, to take them where they ought to be. But technology is not enough. It, is, it, it has to do with the human, um, the human aspect of it. So if you are unwilling, if you are unwilling, if you are tired, if you don't understand what you need to do battle, if you don't understand what you need to do to succeed, no amount of technology would assist you. Right, so what, what about dealing with rogue officers within the police? Force, well, rogue officers. This service has always dealt with rogue officers. Um, 
Terms of our domination, yeah. that's why you have to look at police integrity. If there's one bad one amongst all of them, and you know, um, that's where the bad apples spoil the whole, the whole, the whole trip. You ought to do something about it. The police, the police, they are policing themselves. A lot of things happen, but uh, you know, the public, you have to impress the public that you are doing more than that. Because that's what you want to hear to come to your side. All right. And in terms of well, domestic violence, I mean, yesterday we had a terrible domestic violence um, case yesterday where we had a soldier who shot and killed well, his former you know, partner and, and, and the mother. Um, this thing with the restraining order, we've had so many cases, even from your time to now, a restraining order, people do respect the restraining order. I've been saying that a restraining order, should there be something more added to a restraining order? If somebody gets a restraining order and it's due to them, you know? If you, if you read the particular legislation that was made in 1999 to deal with domestic violence, right? That legislation came about because of the the amount of um, the, the, the state parliament had realized eventually the amount of issues and, and, and incidents of domestic violence that it was so prevalent. It was all over the place, and there were challenges dealing with it. Now, if you read that piece of legislation, the legislation is very effective if it is. If it is done, if what has to be done was done. Now, I read something, I don't know if it's true. So if if a party, either male or female, decides, well, look, I am fed up with this, this and you must really see what domestic violence is, not only physical, it's, there are a number of bits and pieces that could affect people. I am not happy with it. And I make a, I make an application to the court for the court to hear my my thing my case and I'm asking for a protection order. The court will grant a, even a temporary order if the other party is not served. They don't know. They didn't get the summons because of the because of the nature of what domestic violence is. Now in this particular case, 
I understand that this man, <clears throat> it was an order made and the order was brief. What, what I don't understand if it is true is how does a bill of JP come to a police station and grant bail to someone who breached an order given by a magistrate? If a magistrate makes an order, the only person to interfere that order to vary it or to dispose of it is the magistrate. And that will only be done by new evidence coming before the court to hear what the other side says. On, and, and, and if that is not done, that person who I understand threatened the, the other side, the deceased party, to kill them in front of the police, I would expect that the police officer would be a witness in the matter when it calls again, so that the manager will know that this man is a man to keep in the jail. So, the reason for this incident yesterday, I would say, is failure to follow what the legislation provided. I don't know who, who they would find at court, but there are a number of actors that are who they vote. Um, and this thing is a joke because I've read <coughs> how much effort this man made to terrorize these people based on his skills to understand who he is. Right? And one of the reasons for refusing bail is if that person gives an, an, an <coughs> some kind of inclination that they will not cease to commit the breach. And if he says, and before the, in front of the police officer, I'll tell you, what more do you want? And I am thinking that if what I heard or read is in fact so, there was an opportunity to prevent two murders. There was an opportunity to prevent two murders. And you see, I've heard people talk about all kinds of things about this, about who giving him pressure, and about, um, you know, people being insane and so on. That has nothing to do with what police police job. If the police, if you commit a crime, the magistrate or whoever they be to may have to be you insane and send you for some assessment or something. That has nothing to do with police. The police are just to lock you up for the offense that you commit. And if it is that you have people who are sympathizing with people who are in this situation because they themselves might have found themselves in an odd situation. That is not the right thing to do. So, if you recall some years ago, one of the incidents, there are several of them, where a female who wanted to be separated from her husband was accompanied by two police officers to a place to recover her belongings. And that's part of the act, it provides for that. And the man behaved very calmly. And I invited the woman inside. The police stayed outside. The man closed the door. It was some kind of iron shutter. And chopped the woman to death. You recall that or you were too young to know that? No, probably too young, yeah. All right. Yeah. So you see, yeah. uh, we were, in those days, we were littered with situations like that. As a matter of fact, you still hear men, if you read that domestic violence act, <laughs> you would stop probably talking to some of your friends mm. by virtue of what 
and not only men, women, men, what they what they profess is right. You know, and how they feel they sh what they feel they should do. And this uh, this piece of legislation was made on the understanding that we have a lot of people out there determined to impose um, violence on people for different reasons. So if, if, I think the most famous one is where the woman tell the man, but he means want, may want you again. And that's like a big sentence for him. And he decides that no man will have this woman or no woman will have this man except me. Well, legislation has been put in place <coughs> to indicate that that is not for you to decide. And when an individual says, I no longer want part of it, either party say that. That is the end of it. And therefore, when, mm -hmm. when the police comes in, it is to understand what that person has said in terms of ending the relationship. And they have been protected. Mm, yes, sir. Actually, we, we, we want to we we take some, some calls and things. Some some course here, but we understand where you stand. But of course, we're talking to James Philbert, uh, 2008 to 2010. You know, former commissioner of police in terms of the crime situation in Trinidad and Tobago. Well, last well before I, I turn you over to the callers, if you were to do something now, so now in these year times, looking at now, what are some things you want to implement in the TTPS and change and do okay. now? Number one, I'm. Then yeah, yeah. I said number one. You're, you're too old? Yes, sir. You're too old? No, I just, but no. I mean, you could give some advice or something. Look, look, we have a commissioner, oh, Christopher, she's asking, she's asking for help. Do you think a commissioner police, well, asking for help from citizens. But she well, asking, I, for, she asking for help. You know? I'm willing to help. Let me tell you. I think, 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 and who are not going to understand what they are to do. I think they, they need to be more determined. They need to be clear. They need to be provided with what they need to fight the friends. And I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's easy at all. I don't think So we're gonna um, take some calls there, right? Uh, I think your line is reducing it six two five because he's on the phone. So call us at six two seven three two two three six two seven three two two three. Former Commissioner Police, Mr. James Filbert. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Beth. Good afternoon, Mr. Filbert. Yeah, Mr. Filbert, I don't know if you are familiar with it, 
but there was a voice note going around from Wade Head, the watchman, in which he said that a former commissioner of police authorized the, imp the importation and distribution of weapons to civilians which were not, which were not lawful. They were mm -hmm. not lawful in their hands. They were high-powered weapons. And he asked the question, why is the state not retrieving those weapons? Because, Mr. Herbert, I recall in the United States of America in the Sandy Hook affair, Sandy Hook, the Remington gun makers had to pay Sandy Hook parents $73 million U.S. because mm. of how those guns got in the hands of the person who slew the children. Now, mm. secondly, one other question. Keep it tight, Eric. Keep it short now, man. Yeah, keep yeah, it yeah. short now, man. Very short, very short. One gun dealer in Chagonas has a request before the commissioner for 3.6 million bullets. How much bullets is reasonable to be in the hands of civilians in Trinidad and Tobago? I listen to your comments. Well, well let me start with the end position. I, I think that, um, in my opinion, that over the past two, maybe the past four years, we have what we could call a firearm industry in general, right? There has been a, an increase in ownership, and therefore only an increase in ownership you have an increase in supply, and you have an increase in training, and anything that's wrong, that that's what that's what it is. You also have an increase in in, um, in activity with firearms, and therefore, if you if you want to have all of that, it may very well be commensurate with what you want as ammunition. Uh, um, I'm not saying it's the right thing, but if you if you have if you have allowed all these firearms to be in the hands of people, uh, they need to train. They can go and shoot almost every day. They pick it up for it. They may use their ammunition for whatever purpose. And therefore, you have to buy ammunition. The people who train as well, they have to use ammunition. But because you have created an industry, and the industry is again, as I said, supply and demand. Now, Oh, the first question you asked about retrieving, the firearm is a strict liability. It does not leave any corner. It doesn't leave any chance for anything. And if it is that, in fact, illegal arms were issued, they should be replaced. As long as they were illegal, they should be replaced. It is not because some, and let me tell you, I think the act is, if I recall the act, I don't have it before me. But the act says no one should issue and no one should have a prohibition. So there are two sides of this thing. Nobody should give it and nobody should have it. So maybe a little more than what you are asking about. All right, sir, let's take another question. Uh, James Philbert. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. Right, sir, Mr. James Philbert. Good afternoon to you, sir, and happy new year and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the question I want to ask, right? Or, and I've been saying this on a number of occasions. On a daily they're saying they can't detect where the gun's coming to, but they say no for sure it's coming to the illegal port of entry, right? The bottom line is when the guns are then rich, they're ending up in the hands of the miscreants who have it and doing the notorious crime. My point is this, right? Since the police services around the country are arresting people with illegal firearms on a daily basis, why they cannot use the same people who they're holding with the weapon? to identify and tell them who they're getting the guns them from and from where they could put us up to this, to this gun trade in the country. I want somebody, somebody to give an answer for that. Thank you. Well, I, I don't know if the police have said they don't know who committed it. I don't think the police can tell you who, if they know who has it. 
I don't know. The, I don't know that the police will stand still and not find out from somebody who doesn't have the government they got it from. In my time, if I found that illegal firearm, I would have a conviction because I want to know where it came from. And I, as a we had always been taking. If I told you how far it is, not just like the instance I spoke about when the guns were found. We have been finding guns. We have been finding guns in large numbers for years. You know, I remember Mr. Craig in a precise recovered 51 some guns many years ago in one book. The trouble that you are having in Senegal is that people want fire. They, for whatever reason, they want fire. So that you have two sides of the thing. You need to break that culture. And at the same time, the police need to have strong enforcement. And perhaps you want some additional and legislation that put people are when you put the gun because guns are creating problems. But but if you have a society that continues to say we want guns and we'll do anything to get a gun, then it's like a it's like a recurring um decimal you're going on in the so you're them up with jail. And I mind you the jail the jail is overrun with people who are charged for all these offenses. And yet you have people out here still looking for the guns and and fighting with the gun. So it is a humongous task for the police if they are working by themselves. And I, I suspect they don't have a lot of help from the public because they are hearing the remarks. And that is something that needs to happen. And every, I, I recall that every time that we solved a crime or we found something, we got help from the, from, from citizens. Of course, it is it also it's also the, the responsibility of the police to keep these relationships burning. A lot of people here will love the police, but they want to see something that will invite them into the police house. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's take another call. Um, the number we're calling for, you're calling 627-3223. You have Mr. James Philbert, former commissioner of police online. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you, babe. Mr. Philbert, good afternoon to you. Um, right, you know, my, my colleague said before, the whole question of prolifer pro proliferation, yeah. of legal firearm, mm. you know, as, as has been done under, you know, Mr. Gary Griffith. Mm. Does, does it, is it a good policy that if you have a lot of firearms in your country to counter the old question of, of crime, I guess, against citizens, that you should proliferate legal firearms? That is one. I, I, I see that happening in America, and I don't think it has done any, any sort of um, reduction in areas of, of use of firearms. What do you suggest in addition to proliferation of legal firearms? What would you suggest otherwise to deal with the whole issue of crime regarding firearms? Thank you. Well, let me tell you, first of all, the, the legislation on firearms gives a purpose and a reason why somebody should have a firearm. As a matter of fact, the law does not prohibit people from holding firearms. But, but the protest is one that is rigid and will warn firearms to be issued to the people or people who make applications, applicants for this for for, for, the, for good reason. Um I think I have I have seen where firearms have been issued in a in an unjustified way by not following what the, what the law said. And in some situations I believe people have gotten like three and four firearms in a week. Um, that, 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 if you, if you read the act, that can't be right. 
So that's part of the proliferation because you have people with 25 firearms and 16 firearms who are not people, um, private, just private citizens. That is one. But the law does provide that if you have found yourself in a particular situation, you and you make the proposition, you would be issued a firearm. And you would very well understand that not everybody in Trinidad will be issued a firearm, a legal firearm. And in saying that, you come right back to the city after saying you must be qualified to get it. What the commissioner considers as being qualified is is under her heart. And she's following the law to do that. Um, you know, but but I have seen where um certain things have been done with because of science and there have been all kinds of suggestions about it. And I don't think that was the right thing to do at all. So this proposition we're talking about may not even be a uh uh, a well-seated proliferation. That too. But I hear your point about people and their um, people and their concern about their safety. And that goes right back to the police service again. We need to we need to have a strong police service um, that, that ensures people of their safety. I don't know if everybody wants to carry a gun home. We have had, and let me tell you something, the rule about gun home has shown more incidents of shooting in the house by children, by spouses, and all kinds of things in separate family homes. There are a whole lot of people who don't want a gun in their house. I mean, people's people sort of they're back against the wall right now. Um, it's like people breaking into your homes. I mean, if somebody break into your home, want to rape your your mother, your daughter, you know, bring your children and take whatever it is you have, and still want to kill you too. What does you want people to do? So what you are talking about is the is the average concern. Almost everybody has that concern of being a victim. And is it that then we go back to the question that everybody should have a gun home? Is that it? Well, I'm not saying everybody should have a but gun home. The question that comes up is for the commissioners to decide who will get it. Because that, that's what I'm saying. Everybody can't get but everybody is a potential victim. It is. Well, we, we, before it reaches into your home, sir, we need to do something before it reaches into your home. Something, you know, from the TPS, something from the government, something a social, also, something holistically needs to be done before it reaches to that. Agreed? Okay. Right? Yeah, man. All right, so when we reach our time, 3 o'clock, I want to thank you very much. So any, any last words, any last words of hope for Trinidad to be? I mean, we reached four I, murders I, already I, for I, the year. I am, I am always very optimistic. Let me tell you something. I have, been, I have worked with the police of this for a whole number of years. I think it was 40 years. And I have seen the good and the bad of me crime in, in the police service. I am I, I don't like to use the word hope. Hope is not a word that tells you that uh, that we will get there. You know, in legal terms, hope <laughs> hope doesn't sit well when you're dealing with things that you want to be certain. I am sure, let me tell you something. I am sure that the police service has the ability Right, I'm going to rank to rise up and treat with this situation as it ought to be treated. I am certain about that. Very certain about that. Well, so okay? I, I really do. I really, I know you don't like to use the word hope, but I hope your certainty reaches out to the rest of Trinidad and Tobago. Well, are you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I really do hope your certainty reaches out to the rest of Trinidad. I, I, I hear you on your hope again. 
I, and I respect your, I respect your work. Just that I, I, I have been there. And I know when what when you fight, the right fight, what can. Right? Mm -hmm. It might take a little while because you know it's like a, it's like a whole big, um, enormous ship that has to turn around and form because there are things that need to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm certain they could get them if you get them to happen. Yeah. And when you get them to happen. But mm, well, we must have the, the will to make it up. You know what I wish? I wish there could be a meeting with Tien, you know, the, the police commissioners for, let's say, the past 10 years from, from you, you know, a couple of years, you go up the road and we could all have a meeting and sit down on a round table and shed some ideas. What do you think about that? Shed well, that's a good idea. We have done that. We have done that before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, and it's even more than that. It, it's getting your police officers on your beat to lift their minds and understand that you know and, and you know, talk about police officers is i like to focus on the organization i like to focus on the organization i believe the organization is a living organization and when you do things it, you know you stifle it it is asking for a particular kind of police officer the police officer this time is asking for a certain kind of police officer and you should ask yourself how are we going to get that kind of police officer for the police service today? If it was peace time, if it was, if it was peace time and quiet time, then the police officers would be a certain kind of police officer. But there's a response that is needed in law enforcement now that the police service, which I tell you that living order is asking for. And, and, and people are not understanding that, so they're looking for all kinds of strange relief all over the place. Um, thinking that that was wrong. If I give you a gun and you have it in your house, how, does, how will that interfere with the collaboration of fire and the gangs and so on? You you are attempting to protect yourself home. With that, you might be able to succeed if somebody comes to your home and there's a serious responsibility with a gun in your home that you need to know before you even it. But I am dealing with law enforcement and the challenges that are out there. Mm -hmm. And I certainly believe that police officers, because I have worked in a particular fashion. I have trained people to work in a particular fashion, and I saw results that went beyond what people think was necessary. All right. Thank you very and much, sir. If that is done, you're going to get results. And that's what we want. We want results. Thank you very much, sir, that you and yours. I wish you a, a bright and prosperous 2025. And stop saying you're old now, man. Say you're, you're well, you're seasoned, you know? Stop, stop doing what? No, stop saying, stop saying. You, you, you mentioned before you're too old. Stop saying that. You're seasoned. You're seasoned. I didn't say too old. I said I am old. Well, you're seasoned, man. Stop saying you're old, man. You're seasoned. You're well seasoned. All right. You have a good day, sir. All right. All right. Thank you very much, man. That was uh, Sir James Philbert, former commissioner of police. And of course, before that, we had uh, Captain Gary Griffith. Uh, chalk and cheese. One was on Zoom, one was on the phone. One was on time, one was late. I'll go on there, you know. Um, up next, we have Davey. Hello.